Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here's a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. All right. So today, um, I feel like I have more of a family talk for you than one uh, threaded message. I want to talk about three different areas that are all really coming up. One, the first one being the week of fasting and prayer. And just really touch on God's word in each of these areas. Share my heart in each of these areas. I'm just believing that the Lord will move uh, through um, his word as I speak to you today. So welcome to the family meeting, huh? I want to just point, point out to you in your bulletin, there are a few different resources that I want you uh, to know about. The first one, it's right up front. It says, what I'm believing God for in 2020. On Tuesday, we are going to be praying for individuals' uh, needs from our church body as well as missionaries and our nation. So as I'm speaking today, you can kind of zone out as the Lord gives you things and write it down on here. Uh, you don't need to write your name, but you can if you want to. If you don't have, if you didn't get, grab a bulletin, you could just grab one of the pieces of paper off of the notepads that are in front of you at the pews. And uh, again, it's what do you believe in God for? If it's something that you feel like God's going to do to advance you, to grow you in 2020, or if it's a need that you currently have of uh, physical or financial or whatever, uh, we want you to write those things down. Again, if it's private for, you know, you don't want individuals to necessarily know who you are or who's making the request, you do not have to put your name down. And we're going to use these to intercede for uh, on Tuesday night. So ushers, you'll be at, the, at your stations at the end with the buckets. And then as you guys are leaving today, you're just going to turn this in uh, to an usher. Secondly, I want to refer you to the week of prayer and fasting uh, prayer points. These were taken from the Assemblies of God. The Assemblies of God National is also doing their week of prayer the same week. And our general superintendent put out these specific requests uh, for individuals to pray over in their own private prayer time. So there's one for each day of the week, Sunday all the way through Saturday, when we'll break our fast with communion on Saturday night. And there's an accompanying scripture verse there too. So when you're by yourself, the whole purpose uh, when you're fasting is to, to submit something, to surrender, to die to yourself in order that your spirit would connect with the Holy Spirit in a greater way. And we encourage people, if you're just not eating, but you're not connecting to the Lord more, that's called a hunger strike. Don't do that. If you're, if you're actually giving up of food or something of, of satisfaction in your life, spend that extra time with the Lord, okay? Two things I've learned, I've shared them every year uh, with fasting. Uh, number one, drink enough liquids. Uh, sometimes people get into their second and third day and they'll have headache or stomach ache or they'll be dizzy, they can't think straight and they'll think like fasting is just not for me, I can't do it. Most of the time it's because of dehydration. So fill yourself with liquids. The second thing is be smart on how you break it, especially if it's a full fast. One time I was on a 10-day fast with another youth leader and we broke it after, the, after a youth retreat up in Erie at Quaker Steak and Lube with hot wings. Not smart, not smart. So break it with like a salad and soup and then work your way into your hot wings. But enough liquids, watch how you break it. Be careful, it's gonna be, it's gonna be good. But this is for your private prayer time. If you focus on just one of these areas, open up the word, there'll be cross-references in your Bible if you have a study Bible in these areas and you'll be able to, to edify yourself in the Lord during that. The third resource I wanna talk about, I, I actually just wanna go through quickly the week of prayer. So the, that handout there, you'll see tonight at seven o'clock, is called Pursuit. So we're going to have several individuals from our church family praying about certain areas of focus in th threaded with worship. So it'll be a worship service with prayer in it, maybe about an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half tonight. 
each of the other nights are at seven o'clock every night. Uh, on Monday night, we're going to prayer walk our campus. So there'll be pastors or ministry directors in each of the areas of the church where you'll be able to go pray for them, pray over rooms. Uh, there'll be a way to either communicate or write down what you're sensing the Lord's saying over that area and uh, connect back with us at the end of the, ser- the prayer service so we can pray into those things throughout this year. Tuesday is all about intercession and prayer. We're going to be praying over those cards you turn in, our missionaries, and our nation. Wednesday is going to be focused on progressing in your life, breakthroughs. So there'll be areas uh, that we speak forth and pray and make declarations over. And if it is dealing with that specific area of your life, you'll be able to come up to the altar and receive extended time of prayer. I am, I am believing and praying that the prophetic is going to be in operation in a highway in that night uh, as the Lord speaks to, directly to your needs and your mountain in your life. Thursday is all about the promises, the prophetic words that the Lord has given our church really over the last four or five years. And even beyond that, uh, some things that the Lord spoke to Sharice and I that we have agreed uh, to be able to, to be made public to our pastoral staff and our elders. And then we'll share some of those things on that evening. So on Thursday, we're going to collect those prophetic words, what the Lord spoke to us. I think it was mid-November this past year, or just a few weeks ago, and we're going to press into those things and believe that the Lord's going to bring us into our prophetic destiny uh, throughout 2020. On Friday, we're going to spend time uh, talking or praying about our 2020 vision from the Lord, the Mark series. We're going to walk uh, this sanctuary and just pray over each of the pews. We're going to send some people over to the super church room to pray over those chairs uh, because children and adults alike are going to be going through marked together. And then Saturday, again, it'll be worship threaded in with prayer. And then we're going to end that service with communion, uh, where you can break your fast with a a nice piece of bread and grape juice. Then you can go to Quaker Steak for wings. (laughs) Just joke. Now, the new year, though, when you're thinking about it, a new year is always a good time to press in, right? Even though God lives outside of time, he has put time and seasons into place. So if you follow seasons in scripture, there's importance when there's a shift in a season. So he has created this thing called different years and different decades. If we step into this, it's a great time to take time to consecrate yourself to the Lord. I heard or I've read in past years, two different quotes. The first one says, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And I don't want that. I don't want the same results in my life as last year, right? I don't want the status quo in my relationship with Jesus. I don't want to just survive. I want the Lord to do something new in my life. Can you say amen? Amen. So if you want something fresh from the Lord, you have to position yourself. You have to do something different. So that might mean pressing in a little bit more in prayer. It might mean worse spending time in the morning instead of watching the morning news and allowing your, or reading it and allowing your blood pressure to rise up. Listen to 15 minutes of worship while you're getting ready, right? Just put your phone down, play it uh, as you're getting ready. There's something that you're going to have to intentionally do to shift what you've always done so you don't get what you've always got. Amen? There's another quote that says, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. So nobody wants to change. Nobody wants to lose weight. Nobody, not a lot of people want to spend extended time with the Lord when it takes them away from their favorite television show. But what I don't want is I don't want as us as a body to get to a point where we're in pain because of our spiritual uh, disciplines or our spiritual walk with the Lord. 
Do you understand that? I want us to be able to be intentional about pursuing him, to be intentional about making progress in our relationship with the Lord. So we're never at a spot where we're caught in sin, we're caught uh, in an addiction, we're caught in something, and we're saying, the pain of staying this way is too great. I have to move. I have to change. I don't believe that that's from the Lord. I believe he wants us to say, I want you to take me into something new. I want you to take me into something fresh. Now we're gonna start uh, reading Mark chapter one this week, okay? So in your own personal time, you're gonna read that hopefully several times throughout the week. We're gonna give you a journal here in a little bit that's gonna help you uh, in your revelation time with the Lord. But, um, and I'm gonna preach out of Mark chapter one next week, but I just wanna share what the Lord was saying, what Jesus was saying in Mark chapter one, verse 15. It says, he says, the time has come. So he's saying there is a shift happening in seasons when Jesus' ministry started. He says, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This word repent means change the way you think. So when you're, when you're working in one way and they're, they're following the law, they're doing all of these religious things and it says, all, the Lord's even saying to them, listen, all these things you do sound religious and look religious, but your hearts are far from God. So Jesus is saying there's a new season that has arrived. The kingdom of God has come upon you through the life of Jesus, reintroducing it. This was a message of hope to the Israelites. It was a message of restoration. It was a message that they're no longer going to be bound by the law anymore. They can have freedom in the spirit. Though they were looking at Jesus as a future earthly ruler, he's saying, listen, I'm bringing a spiritual kingdom. Now to understand this spiritual kingdom, you have to change the way you think. So repentance is that. It's changing what you used to believe about one area so much so that the, your life gets transformed and faces a different direction in that area of your life. So the sign of repentance is, is this. I used to think life like this was good. Now I've realized God has a different way for me. I'm repenting of that. I'm thinking differently. I understand he wants me to go in this direction. So a sign of repentance is that you've actually turned from this one thing, turned toward what the Lord wants you to do. And the fruit of repentance is that weeks and months and years from now that your life still looks that way. Does this make sense? Repentance is not just the moment at the altar. It can start at the moment at the altar. It can start right now, even as you're hearing God's word being preached. It can start at any moment. There's a sign of repentance, of a life change, and then fruit of repentance that it still changed seasons from now. That's what we want to kick into play here in this, in this week of fasting and prayer. We want to say we're going to repent of, of status quo. We're going to repent of even of, of any false beliefs that the Lord reveals to us. And we're going to go in the direction that the Lord wants us to go in. The kingdom of God has arrived. They had to think differently about how they did life. In Mark chapter 2, John's disciples come, the Pharisees, they were all fasting. And some of them were asking John, or some of John's disciples were asking Jesus, why are your disciples not fasting? And Jesus says, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with him. And it says in verse 20, but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and on that day they will fast. Again, he was recognizing seasons. Jesus was the bridegroom. He's saying, when I'm with them, this is a time of training, revelation, discipleship, but there will be a day when I'm removed from them. And on that day, they will recognize the importance of fasting. 
of dying to themselves, consecrating themselves over and over again to the Lord. So he's saying here, there's a current season, the time's coming where something has to change. In fact, he goes on in verse 21. He says, no one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth to an old garment. He's saying no one puts new onto old. It's not possible. It says otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. Then he compares it to wine in a wineskin. He says no one pours wine, new wine into an old wineskin. Otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskin will be ruined. No, they will pour new wine into new wineskins. What's Jesus saying? You can't put something old in your life onto something new, and you can't pour something old in your life into something new. If you want God to do a new thing and pour new wine out into your life, new spirit into your life, you have to create a new vessel to hold it. So if you want something different in your life, you have to change what you're doing and open your heart up for the Lord to work in a significant way. Amen? So we, gotta, we, have, we have to stop making excuses. If the Lord's telling us, if the Lord's leading us into a time of intimacy and worship and prayer, we have to get rid of the excuses that your life is too busy. We choose what we do with our day. So even for this week, you have the power. You have power over your own time. That might not seem realistic, but you actually do. You get to decide to do with what you want with your time. So we're saying as a church family, etch out as many of these evenings as you can to be here in prayer and to press in corporately to the Lord. Same thing with fasting. Maybe you have a, a heavy workload. Um, you know, maybe you're, you lift heavy objects and so on during work and you can't do a full fast. Work that out with the Lord. Say, how can I die to myself? How can you strengthen my spirit during this season? And I believe the Lord's gonna be clear to you. Matthew chapter six, Jesus is talking about prayer and he's teaching. He's saying, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Say amen. amen. For they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the streets where they can be seen by others. So they have the wrong motive here is what he's saying. He's not saying you can't pray publicly. He's saying they're doing it for the wrong motives. They're doing it to be seen. He says, truly, I tell you, they've received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who's unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And, you will, and when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans for they think that they, they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So you don't have to be nervous putting in extra time of prayer. You don't have to think, well, what am I supposed to say to him? How am I supposed to sound? It's good to learn from people who have a vibrant prayer life. In fact, I would encourage parents, bring your elementary kids with you. Allow them to hear other people with a mature prayer language. But you're not trying to fake it with your time with the Lord, right? He's saying, don't go on and babble and babble and babble. Sit down, share your heart with the Lord. Allow his spirit to speak back to you. And he says, what you're doing in secret will be rewarded. I love when there's that promise from the Lord. He's saying just the discipline, just the act of going into your prayer closet by yourself, there will be a reward. Now there is evidence of public prayer and corporate prayer as well. In Matthew 18, verse 19, he says again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree up about anything they ask for, it will be done for, or it will be done for them by my, heaven, my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So there's a personal reward for private prayer. And there's a corporate reward for public prayer. 
Do you see the difference? Right? So the purpose is the same. The function is a little bit different. One is you crying out to the Lord. The other is you coming together with other believers to press in and for believe, for uh, believing for breakthrough. Back in Matthew chapter six, Jesus is talking about fasting. Same way he's saying this. He says, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face to show others they are fasting. Again, they're looking for a public reward in this. He says, truly, I tell you, you've received their, they've received their, full, their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. All the parents would say, amen. amen. If your kids are fasting, get their face nice and clean. It says, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Again, a second promise from the Lord that as you are, uh, as you are refraining from eating for spiritual purposes, to take that time to press into the Lord, there is a reward for this. This is the good news. You can put away the ashes for your forehead. You can return the sackcloth. You can delete the hungry emoji from your phone, right? We can trust that the Lord is going to sustain us. I can tell you in my own personal life in ministry, as the Lord has taken me through different, and it's not even the length of time that's important, but through different lengths of fasting, we have seen, I've personally seen significant breakthroughs. I mean, in my own life, and then in lives of praying for other people during this time. I don't understand how it works. I just know you're telling your flesh, you're not in charge. I'm not gonna listen to the hunger pain. I'm gonna connect with the Lord. I'm gonna press in him and let him do the rewarding. Now, the cool thing about this is Jesus does not talk about frequency. He doesn't talk about what juice you should or shouldn't drink. I know there's a lot of good resources out there, but he leaves that in the New Testament church, he leaves that up to you and the Holy Spirit. If you follow out the Old Testament, the king would say, hey, we're fasting. We're going to put on our sackcloth. We're going to fast for three days. We're going to read the word out loud. We're doing all these things. In the New Testament, it was as they were worshiping, as they were seeking him for a specific purpose, they decided to fast. So you don't have to say, well, I, I can't fast for all these seven days or I've never fasted, what should I do? You work that out with the Lord. There's some suggestions uh, in your bulletin, but that's between you and God so you know you're doing what the Lord's telling you and not what man's telling you. Amen? And when, he said, when Jesus says, don't do it in secret, that doesn't mean that nobody else knows about it. What that means is you're not doing it for recognition. You're not going into your office, you're like, oh, good morning. What's wrong? I'm fasting for the Lord. You already got your reward. Or people just think you're crazy that don't know the Lord. See, there, remember when, when we were commissioning Pastor Tony, I talked about Acts chapter 13 when they laid their hands upon Paul and, um, and Barnabas. It says in Acts chapter 13, verse one, in the church uh, at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. They list a bunch of them. And in verse two, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit says this, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have uh, called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. Was this a private fast? Well, thank you, Pastor Adam. Let's give everybody else a chance to answer this question. Was this a private fast? No. So obviously Jesus isn't saying nobody's ever allowed. What I encourage you to do is get with one or two other people, or maybe your small group that knows about it, that you're not going to be like high-fiving and rewarding each other. You're going to be there to support one another, pray for one another, talk about how things are going, and press in together. And I believe the Lord's going to give you revelation, even as a small group or as a family, as you do this. 
You see throughout scriptures, there's reward for this discipline. And it comes in different areas. For instance, uh, in 2 Samuel 12, David fasted to repent of his sins. Remember his sin with Bathsheba? The child was born. He was fasting up to the point when the child died, but he was deeply repenting of his sins. So the purpose of David's fast was repentance. The purpose in Luke 2, the prophet Anna fasting was prioritizing worship and seeking the Lord. It says that she spent years in the temple worshiping and fasting. She prioritized worship. Another reason is personal breakthrough. You see Jesus being led into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting and he was being tempted and tempted and tempted by the devil, but he had personal breakthrough resisting that temptation. When he came out of the wilderness, out of the desert, he was in power. In Acts chapter 13, it was identifying a a, a purpose and a calling like we just read. And then if you look at the next chapter in Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas used prayer and fasting to discern God's will of who the elders were supposed to be in each of these cities. So prayer and fasting and worship, you take these things together and you use it as a season of planting. This is what we're doing this week. We're planting seeds into the soil of our heart, knowing that we will reap the reward, we will reap the harvest sometime throughout this year or in years to come right? So what we're used to is this. You put the seeds, like the popcorn seeds, into the microwave, and in 45 seconds, and you have your meal. That's what we're used to. That doesn't always work out with the Lord that way. So you're not in charge of knowing when harvest time is. You're in charge of having fertile soil and planting seeds. God will make it grow in due season. Does that make sense? So the days you fast, the days you pray, the days that you worship more and you press into him more, those are all planting season. Knowing, you can guarantee this, if you plant a lot of seeds, you will reap a harvest, amen? You don't know when, you don't know how, you don't know what's gonna look like and you're not in charge of any of that. You're in charge of planting it. I can guarantee you this one thing. If you don't plant any seeds, you will not reap a harvest. Why isn't God moving? Why isn't this? Why am I miserable? Why, why do I have all this fear? Listen, I'm not saying it's your fault. What I'm saying is, is you are responsible for stewarding the seeds being planted in your own life. It's not about a Sunday morning or who you watch or what book you read. It's about you spending time with the Lord, allowing those seeds to be planted. Amen? Amen. So all of this seasons of planting, waiting for the harvest, all comes in for your sake, for central sake, and for the kingdom at large. And that's really where this 2020 vision comes in. 2020 vision is the theme that we are going to use to thread throughout the entire year. And it's all about our God-focused future. What we are believing is that God is going to give us clarity in certain areas as we fulfill, as we fulfill the prophetic destiny that God's given us. So this is what happens in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Some of your translations might say that the people are unrestrained. So what the Lord wants us to do is have a vision for our life, have a vision for our church and where we believe he's taking us in the future. So I believe according to the mission that he's given us, that he wants us to have greater kingdom advancement everywhere we go, inside the walls of this church and outside the walls of this church. So as we are fulfilling this destiny, as we're fulfilling our mission, we know that enhancements need to be made to our strategy, our ministries, and our facilities. And these are three areas I'm gonna talk about 
just for a moment or two on each one of these. These are going to be three areas that are going to make up our 2020 vision. So it's refocused strategies, realigned ministries, and refreshed facilities. The first one, refocused strategies. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Both are needed. The Lord plants dreams and ideas in your heart, and he wants you to make spirit-led plans with them. And then as you're actually taking a step in faith, he guides your steps. Some people read that verse and say, oh, no, 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 it's, it's, it's you know, God, men try to do what they want, but God's the one that says it. No, God has placed these things in your heart for a reason. So many people are saying, oh, I'm just waiting for the Lord to work. Maybe he's waiting for you to take a step. That's what we want to do. We want to step into the destiny that he has for us as a church body. So this is necessary in the area of overall church strategy. So this year, we're going to put in front of you, uh, that we're going to develop ways to learn and communicate the mission that's hanging on that wall, the mission that we try to live out in better ways. We're also going to give further explanation to our four core values, how it should affect how we do church and how we approach ministry here. We're also gonna be launching a process of how people, how new individuals coming into church get involved here, how we do life essentials. So that's going to deal with clarifying why we do Sunday mornings the way we do, what small groups are going to look like in the future. And we're gonna rebrand and retitle uh, a, an overall name and identity for every one of you that serve in a ministry here. We're also going to take time to identify lifestyle traits that define what a mature believer looks like. We've learned uh, just through some consultation and study that a lot of churches don't ever take that time. They have a process in place, but they don't actually say, what did Jesus say a mature believer looks like? What was filled in, in the red word? So then what happens is we end up just doing church, right? We have Sundays and, and we just do this and we, we, we're doing it just to survive until the next week. We don't want to do that. We want to have full stewardship and partnership with you as long as you call Central your home. So because of that, we're looking at the words of Jesus. We're looking at the five-fold ministry. How is maturity defined in Scripture? And we're going to partner with you in those areas. Uh, lastly, we do believe just because of the, uh, the influx of individuals, the lack of parking out there, that sometime in 2020, we will go to two services. I know some of you like uh, the feel of one service, but even as families get larger, what has to happen? The grandmother and the grandfather who used to host the holiday party now can't. So they'll end up visiting a few different places. And then that next generation of families will go into different houses to celebrate gatherings. We are called to advance his kingdom. We can't do that to our fullest capacity and our fullest potential with one service. So we believe the Lord will transition us to that sometime in 2020, and we'll communicate that as we go. You guys all right? All right, second area, vision for realigned ministries. What this is about is stewarding our prophetic words. It's what has God said over our body over and over again that we trust is from him, and what are we gonna do about it? In 1 Thessalonians, it says this, do not quench the spirit. Don't treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Then he goes on to say, hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. That holding on to what is good is that we actually have to do something with words that are given to us. We actually have to do something with the dreams that God is placing in the leadership's heart at this church. We cannot just wait for the Lord to move. We're moving with him. You with me? 
So some of the things that we're going to do based on what the Lord has been saying over the past couple months and even years, we're going to be launching soon a ministry called Fuel. This ministry is designed specifically to add fuel to the flame of those of you who are called to vocational ministry. Whether it's a pastor, whether you feel called to be an evangelist, whether you think you know, you'll be in a part-time ministry somewhere, a parachurch ministry, whatever that looks like, we know, I, I, I've recognized even as an associate pastor, there's not a lot of places to connect. So even those of you have dreams in your heart and you may not have told anybody yet. And maybe it's a season now that you step out and you say, I want some counsel from people. I want prayer from people. I want the Lord to speak powerfully through the lives of other people. So we're gonna begin to gather every so often those of you from the congregation that feel that calling into vocational ministry, and we're gonna add fuel to your fire. Another area, the joy ministry is already working on plans to implement multi-generational development and multi-generational ministries where we can begin to connect the older generation with the younger generation and see the Lord work biblically. So I, I was, absolutely, you can clap anytime you want to. I was excited to hear when Pastor David came out of his Joy uh, Ministry steering uh, team and just had some ideas. And I believe it's just one idea that's going to lead to more and more where we will see the older men, the older ladies of this church who have seen God move in miraculous ways throughout their life, mentoring our younger generations. We're also going to provide uh, very clear ministry opportunities so that every single person in this church family knows a place for them to serve. You might see uh, ministries operate and groups have their leaders and all these things are in place, but there's always room to grow. And we're gonna double our capacity for volunteers as soon as we go to two services. As we continue to reach out to Washington Estates, there'll be more need. So we're gonna give you ways to do that. And I also believe that at least the beginning of the plannings for a healing ministry uh, will take place where people can come in from any background. They don't have to be a believer from our church where we'll have our doors open at certain times that we can minister inner healing and physical healing to them. It's a word over our house and we wanna step into that. Take a deep breath. You guys all right? The third area is vision for refreshed facilities. Say this, say it's not about the buildings. It's about the people. But guess what? The people come into our buildings and use our buildings. I am so impressed as a pastor. We have a, we have a large facility. We have this building. We have the school, the fellowship hall, gym. We have the rock across. And if you look at a week at a glance, and even some of our Saturdays, we're like, it is packed here. There are so many different ministries and opportunities and events that are happening here. I believe we are stewarding our facilities well. But what we want to do is refresh some of these areas so that we can say welcome home to anybody that comes through. It's the same reason why you make renovations on an older room or an older portion of your house, right? You want it to be welcoming to those who walk through. So we have millennials and we have Generation Zs that are going to be walking into our doors looking for a church home. We want to say welcome home to the best of our ability. So one of the areas is new stage design, which you see behind us. We always want to be looking at how we can operate with excellence, just as God operated with excellence, as he was giving instructions on how the tabernacle and the temple should be built. Another area you'll see up on the screen a picture of is the Family Life Center uh, Welcome Center. Uh, that um, uh, Mike Ardino and a couple of guys have been working super hard on that over the break. That's going to have our new check-in station for children's ministries. There'll be multiple iPads there. It'll cut down uh, check-in time even more than they've already done now. It'll also be used for uh, joy events, for funeral dinners, for CCA events, for check-in and information. 
Also, the rock sound system, I talked to you about this earlier last year. Uh, it is old, it is outdated. If you've been there, you know that it's hard to hear in that. We use that for men's groups, women's events. Of course, the rock on Wednesday nights, the Hispanic church meets there on Sunday mornings. It is used a lot and we need it clarified. So we were able to already purchase the equipment without going into any new debt and it will be installed here in the upcoming future. The last area that I wanna talk about today are foyer renovations. Our foyer hasn't been renovated for close to 20 years. The uh, water fountains alone are like 40 years old. It does not say welcome home to a younger generation. You're drinking 40 year old water, folks. <laughs> so what we wanna do is just create a welcoming environment. We wanna be able to create a space where, where younger generations can connect uh, personally and then over technology where socialization can happen, where meetings can happen and so on. So we're just thinking through, dreaming through what this outside space can look like. If any of you have used our restrooms, you have to like walk sideways to get into the, the what are they called, stalls. Uh, so they're tight, so we wanna look at how can we be more welcoming. How can we say welcome home with our foyer? Our prayer and our belief and our commitment is that we're not going into new debt to do this. We're going to believe that the Lord has already provided. We know that. And he's going to continue to provide for these areas. All of that, I believe, the week of prayer and enhancements, how we are stewarding his facilities well is going to help build momentum as a church family. I believe one very important tool is the series that we're headed into next week called Marked. You've read it in some, uh, some introductions before. When Jesus came to the earth, he came to radically mark people's lives with his kingdom, right? He, the way he taught, the way he ministered to, the people that he hung out with, like the poor, the isolated, rejected, everything he did rocked people's world. That's why he said, repent and believe the kingdom is here. We have to change the way we're living. I believe that Jesus wants to mark us as individuals in that same way. I believe he wants our lives to be transformed just as it happened in scripture when Jesus was walking the earth. One tool that we're going to give you, in fact, ushers, you can walk forward at this time, is what we're calling a marked journal. I'm gonna talk about it in just a few minutes, but I want every person to grab one of, of any age, I believe this will be a, a solid resource for you as we go through this series together. But there's a verse that I wanna to read to you while you're receiving those booklets. In Ephesians 1.13, it says this, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel or the good news of your salvation. He says, when you believed, you were marked in him. Say that, say marked in him. So we were marked in Christ with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So the moment you began following Jesus as Lord and Savior, you were marked for eternity. You had the Holy Spirit given to you as a seal and as a down payment. Now in biblical times, whenever something was mailed, I just read this, I think this morning and then last night looking, just researching some things. Sometimes an important document, would, it would be sealed with string. Sometimes up to seven seals would be melted on the paper over the string, all to verify ownership. So it was not tampered with. So the person in the foreign land would know this document absolutely belongs to that owner. You see throughout ancient Egypt, Egypt uh, 
the slaves, they were marked with a tattoo. They were marked with a branding saying, I now own this person. This is what's happened to us with the Holy Spirit, folks. This is what's happened to us with the kingdom of God. We've been marked with it. And because of that, when we are outside these walls, the world is actually supposed to see that you are under new ownership. There should be no wondering, no curiosity. They should know he or she belongs to someone new. There's something different about them. And that's what we're looking for throughout this series. And if you look at Luke chapter 17, verse 20, and I'm almost done. It says, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus says this, the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. If you have any type of study Bible, look at the footnote. There's a little letter after that, those words in your midst. It'll take you down on what that phrase means is within you. So what Jesus is saying in, over in, in Ephesians, Paul says you've been marked in Christ with the Holy Spirit. And now what's been taught, what's talked about here, Jesus is saying the kingdom isn't here or there, it's within you. So you are carriers of an eternal kingdom. This is what we've been marked with. This is what we want to take with us to advance the kingdom of God everywhere we go. I believe that this marked journal is gonna be a great tool for you. You wanna take a look just at the front page here? This is how this can be used as a powerful tool in your own life. The first area, um, I believe it's gonna be on Tuesdays of every week on Facebook and on our website. There's gonna be a brief introduction to every chapter that we will be preaching on that following Sunday. And then following that introduction, it'll be like three minutes or less, there will be a reading of the chapter of the week by somebody from our church family. So there'll be a brief introduction, a reading of it. You can watch somebody read. You can listen to them. You can watch the words on the screen. You can put it uh, on your phone in your car as you're driving and just listen however you want to do it. We're going to put that in front of you. Then we want you to read the chapter, reflect on what is being, uh, what the Holy Spirit's teaching you. We do not want you to rely on what's said from this pulpit. We want you to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. So when you're reading something, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? What thoughts are coming up into your head? I, believe, I, I truly believe after 16 of these, you are going to burst in confidence that the Lord does speak to you, that he does give you revelation, and that he does lead you into all truth. That's what Jesus said the Spirit would do. So we don't want you just to read it once. We want you to read it several times. Use it as your devotional time. Use it as your reading. And we'll talk about the journal in a moment. You can also share insights on Facebook. So the post that gives the introduction, you'll be able to go back to that, ask questions about Mark. Uh, after you've read it and the Lord's telling you things, you can put it on there and we'll interact with you the best that we can. And then the focus will all come uh, into Sunday's message that we'll, pr we'll preach on a portion of the, of the chapter that you read all throughout that week. Does that make sense? So I'm not gonna try to preach through or teach through 43 verses. I'm gonna ask the Lord the same thing you're asking. What do you have to say to me? I'm gonna journal that. I'm gonna ask a second question. What are you saying to our body? Out of that, we're gonna produce messages maybe on four or five verses from that chapter, and then we'll release those to you on a Sunday. All right, if you wanna flip over one more time, I won't go through these, you can read. On the left-hand side, I'm actually gonna go through the soap, but on the left-hand side are just 
points, pointers and tips. If you say, I just, I'm not comfortable reading the word. I don't do it now. I don't know how to get started. There are just some very practical tips that will bring transformation. Then on the right-hand side is the SOAP method, and that's the entire booklet is based on the SOAP method. The S in SOAP is for scripture. The Lord, when you're reading something, ask the Lord, what verses are you highlighting? And if he's not saying anything to you, then just read it. And those verses that kind of pop out to you and you're like, wow, I never saw that before. Those are the verses, right? So what verses are being highlighted? You can write the reference down or write it out however you want to do it. You're not turning this in for homework. The O are the observations you're making. You might say, the Lord doesn't speak to me. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak. Okay, try this. Pray before you read. Open the Bible. And the things that are popping up into your mind, start writing those down. You'll start finding out, oh yeah, I wrote that down. That's not even close to being true. Like I messed that up. And I wrote this down and this down. Wow, the Lord's really teaching me. I never noticed that before. That's the Holy Spirit. The A is application. The Bible was never written to just know as a book. The Bible was meant to introduce you to the author who transforms your life. So you can read all you want and learn all you want. If you're not willing to actually obey what the Holy Spirit is teaching you from his word, your life will not be transformed. This is not a reading plan. This is from January through Easter Sunday, a transformation plan. So write down, ask the Lord, God, what are you teaching me? And then how can I put this into my life? How can I, a week from now, talk with you again and say, I've actually obeyed what you taught me last week. And the area for P is just for prayer. Pray about the things he's teaching you. Pray about for boldness and courage to actually implement what he is sharing with you. One thing I'm uh, uh, excited about here is that the, your, the children, Central Kids and Super Church, are actually getting a very similar booklet, uh, just with a cooler cover, I think. No, I'm joking. I like our cover. Very bright, very fun color, uh, our cover. And what we did is we just made it more kid-friendly in the communication of it. Uh, we had uh, Leslie just redo the soap example in kid language, but they're going to have the same exact thing. So what I would encourage you, if you have children in Super Church, read the chapter with them during the week, have them do this. Like, what if you said, hey, from now until Easter, we're gonna take this one night and we'll do this together. Even for parents of kindergartners, have them draw a picture right here. Or get, or staple some papers together, have them draw a picture. You can engage your kids in such vibrant ways during this time. Amen? Amen. So listen, the offer is on the table. You have to decide whether you accept it or not. I completely understand some schedules conflict with our seven o'clock. That's fine. You work it out with the Lord of how you can pray and fast this week. You work it out with the Lord, how you can partner with us as these new ministries and these new strategies are being implemented in our church and then how you can participate in our Mark series. I do believe God's up to really good things and I want you to be a part of it. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand to close? Yeah, Heavenly Father, we do just come to you now. We thank you, God, that the veil has been torn. We thank you, Lord, that the moment Jesus said it is finished and died on that cross, that you gave us complete and free access into the presence of God. I thank you, Father, that we don't have to beg and fight and earn our way into your presence, but you are here right now. And God, whether we're praying in the sanctuary, we're praying across the campus or in our own bedrooms, Father, you hear us. You hear us, and we're so thankful for that. God, we're thankful that you sent Jesus 
to this earth, God in the flesh to set forth life-changing teachings that we're going to experience in Mark chapter one. I pray even now that we would have the repentance that Jesus was talking about, that we would see the signs and the wonders and the miracles that Jesus performed, and that we would ultimately be able to experience that resurrection power that Jesus said we should have all the way in Mark chapter 16. We ask it, we, I, I gotta ask for my own life, for my family and for this church family that you would change us in these first four months of the year. And Father, we are trusting you on the financial side for the facilities and for missions. We're trusting you for wisdom and timing for our strategies and our ministries. And we trust that you are going to do amazing things through it. We commit these things to you. We ask for your blessing and your favor to flow as we leave from here today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks again for coming. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more information, check us out at centralconnect.org.